Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Welcome to the latest episode of Lessons in Resilience. This episode is one that's a little bit juicy considering the pandemic life we are all living in. And with the holidays upon us, I thought it would be so important for all of us to lean into and discuss and look at how we manage our money. And who best to bring on than her first 100K, Tori, uh, to talk to us about this. Now, before I bring Tori in, I want to remind everyone that this Friday, uh, registration for Your Best Year, my virtual year planning retreat, where we are all going to plan our 2021s and feel incredible about it, registration drops on Friday at noon. And our Black Friday uh, sale is just going to be incredible. So if you want to join in for this year planning retreat, it's December 5th and 6th. Stay tuned for registration dropping on Friday at noon. If you want early access, then head over to komal.com slash VIP dash list and you can get early access to the program. Now I'm going to bring Tori in. Okay. Hi. There we go. It happened. I can see you. You were probably like, what is this lady doing? No, you're good. I thought I was like, oh, I'm probably live, but I can't see or hear her. And I wonder who can see who. And no, I'm at a hotel. And so my Wi-Fi might be a little spotty. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're okay. But you're coming through clear right now. So cool. we're so happy to have you. Thank you for joining for Lessons in Resilience. And where in the world are you right now that you're at in a hotel? I am actually 20 minutes away from my house, but I do a founder's retreat every year. Ooh. So every year I kind of figure out, and I say every year, I went full-time entrepreneur last year. So this is the founder's <laughs> retreat number two, but um, I just, yeah, take myself on a retreat like global fortune 500 companies do where they go and they go, okay, what went well this year? What could be improved for next year? And so that's what I'm doing for uh, today and tomorrow. It's just kind of taking a break and reviewing how this year went and what, yeah, what I feel good about, what could be improved, and then how I want to approach 2021 in terms of my business. So yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a really nice escape and uh, a nice recentering activity. I feel like we all need that this time of year. We all need those retreat spaces, those spaces for us to just come back to ourselves and figure out what do we need next? What do we need now? But totally. in your sharing of this, it reminds me of some uh, big uterus energy that you put out into the world that I want to <laughs> talk about. Because when you're saying you've been in business for two years, you're going on this founder's retreat for yourself. And the way that you educate women identifying folks about money, it is in that way where it's just like, take up this space own this space. This is your future. This is going to be what elevates you in your existence. Can you talk yeah. to us about your own relationship with money and how you yeah. built the confidence that you have now with how you operate with it? Yeah. So I grew up with parents who were really committed to financial education. So I learned not to overspend on credit cards. I learned how to negotiate my salary. I learned how to invest. And I grew up just thinking like, oh, that's the norm for everybody. Everybody knows to talk about money. Everybody knows how to manage their money. And of course, I realized very quickly that that wasn't the case. And especially in graduating college, I was the friend all of my female friends were coming to for advice and guidance. And so I was working a corporate job. I was working a nine to five in marketing and decided, okay, in Trump's America, in this kind of environment where you know, we, we see that women's rights are getting violated every single day, what is the biggest piece 
of that puzzle or what is the way we can start shaping you know, the equality picture or start improving the equality picture. And I realized that a financial education is our best form of protest because everything is linked to money, right? And so I started her first 100K. Back then it was just a blog, uh, but I started that on the side of my nine to five in marketing back in 2016 and then took it full time last year at this time. And really, I believe I was put on this earth to fight for women's financial rights because I had a privilege of a financial education and I realized that so many people do not. And then when you start understanding more about money, you start realizing all of the ties to money, you know, the wage gaps, opportunity gaps, investing gaps, the ability to leave toxic situations, the ability to put yourself in a better situation, um, you know, quitting a job, starting a business, having children, not having children, traveling buying a house, all of these things have to do with your financial education. And so, yeah, I, I, I kind of started this work four years ago and realized just how important it was. And here we are now. And it's just my favorite thing to do in the world. I love it. And it's something that I adore so much because I am the first in my lineage and in my, in my family to have full financial control as a woman mm -hmm. um, in my lineage. And so I was just kind of given access to capital. Um, my parents are first generation immigrants. They were like school first, work second, like educate yourself, educate yourself. My mom didn't finish college. My dad is a trained mechanic um, and, and then became an entrepreneur, but I never had financial literacy. So it was like, here's access to support but you don't know how to use it, how to spend it well. <laughs> and then even when, you know, I, I'm an investor now and even my financial literacy now, I can feel myself judging myself or shaming myself mm -hmm. around certain financial decisions or second guessing, especially because it still feels new to me. So when you're working with women um, and folks who are coming to you for support, what do you notice are some of like the main money stories that you help folks work through to what? gain that confidence with their, with their wealth? Yeah, I love that you shared. I mean, I've, I don't love it happened to you, but I love that you shared this kind of judgmental shame around money because that is pretty much every person's experience. And the interesting thing, the unique thing about women, right, is if we don't feel like we have enough financial education or if we don't feel like we're making a, you know, a high enough salary, we feel shame. And then on the flip side, if we feel like we're doing pretty well, and our, you know, our salary, we're getting paid adequately, we're, you know, moving up, we're doing, you know, we're, we're investing, we're building wealth, then we feel shame about that too, right? Mm. And that's, I think, so interesting. And th th we just have this, this culture of shame just in general, but specifically around money. A lot of these financial experts that you hear about, the Dave Ramseys and the Susie Ormans are very, very shame-based in their approach, right? They're telling you, like, it's your fault if you got into debt. It's your fault if you overspent on credit cards and you're going to have to dig yourself out of this. And like, this is now your responsibility and how dare you basically. Mm. And I think not only does that advice, of course, feel hurtful and shaming and judgmental, but it also doesn't acknowledge these other systemic issues, right? So it's not enough for us to just talk about how to budget or how to invest or how to negotiate your salary. We have to be having these larger conversations about you know, if you're a woman, you're going to have to negotiate your salary differently. If you're a person of color, if you're a member of the LGBTQ community, if you're differently abled, all of these things are going to affect your relationship with money and especially are going to affect like the shame you feel. So in working with people, yeah, the shame and judgment, the, the, you know, feeling badly about their own decisions is something we have to work through a lot. 
also the psychology of money that starts when you're a kid. Actually, the majority of our money habits are cemented by age seven. So it happens really quick. So I, when I think about, you know, my relationship with money, my parents, you know, encouraged me to save and I had an Altoids tin where I'd save change for things I wanted. And, and, you know, the kind of narrative was like, if you want something, uh, you know, either ask for it for Christmas or like, you got to save up your own money in order to buy it. And, you know, for other people, a lot of my clients, maybe it's, you know, parents who literally have frozen their credit card in a block of ice in the freezer because of this unhealthy relationship with money or, um, growing up in, you know, in a first gen household where you are not only expected to supply your own, you know, finances and, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Support yourself, but also support, you know, potential children as well as your parents and kind of being your parents 401k. So yeah, there's so many things to unpack in terms of the shame and judgment and the money psychology that we see cemented very, very early on. And so one of the things that I like doing with clients that anybody who's watching can do is just journal about your first money memory. Like what is the first time you remember thinking about money? And for me, yeah, it was, I was five years old and I'm a theater nerd and I wanted to go see Annie the musical and I saved up money to go see Annie the musical. That's the (laughs) first money memory I have, but that'll probably reveal a lot about your relationship towards money is just what was what was that first experience like and how did that potentially alter or impact your your future relationship with money that's such a powerful question because I've actually never thought about it and what came Mm. to mind immediately was conflict Um, Mm. we grew up in a conjoined family two um, households under or two families under in one household with my aunt my uncle my mom my dad and my some of my earliest memories around money it wasn't because we never had enough or like it wasn't because the story of entrepreneurship with my dad and my uncle was such that like they went through a lot of turmoil. And around the time I was born, I'm the youngest of the five of us kids who grew up in our house um, was when the businesses started doing well. But it was just, it was conflict and it was this concept of scarcity. Um, And so when I unpack how I live with that now, it is so much unlearning and so much saying, you know, to myself, like with the net worth that I've built now with the comfort that I might have access to now, you're safe and you're good. Right. And now you get to build more. Um, and it's just such, oh my God, money is just so fascinating. And I get why <laughs> this is where you spend your days and your life. Um, so to make this tactical for those who are watching, a lot of us were in holiday season, Toronto yeah. in here in Canada just went back in lockdown. We're seeing lockdowns kind of ish, being That's issued across the board. Yeah. There you go. And so folks are not only in lockdown and feeling fear, but they're also in the holiday season and trying to control spending or figure out spending, figure out gifts, figure out all of these different pieces. What advice are you offering your um, clients, the folks that you work with and yourself to mitigate and work through a lot of the emotional baggage that's coming up right now for folks? Yeah. It's been a really hard year for everybody. Uh, It's, it's weirdly comforting to know that like, this is a thing that affects everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first thing is just offer yourself some grace like even us financial experts, like we've, we've had so many questions posed to us by the media or by like, my friends are coming to me and they're like, what should I do? And I'm like, other than saving an emergency fund, which hopefully you've already done, we couldn't have predicted this. Like we don't have the answers either. And again, that's a larger conversation about not just, 
your personal relationship with money, but also it's important to have, you know, larger systemic change around money and support. So the first thing is to just offer yourself some grace. We're all going through this. This is a shit show for everybody. (laughs) So that's number one. The second thing is in thinking about specifically like holiday spending, you know, gifts for people, where you're going to spend your money, make a list of exactly who you need to buy gifts for. Because I always get really overwhelmed of like, oh, do I need to buy this person a gift? Did they buy me one last year? Do I need to buy one for them this year? And thinking through, okay, exactly the game plan. Who do I need to buy gifts for? And like, what's my budget for them? And maybe for, you know, for my parents, the budget's higher, right? Because we give each other a couple gifts. It's not just one. For other people, maybe you're just buying one gift and the budget's lower. So just getting a game plan together can be really helpful. And if you're not in the financial position to buy people gifts this year, and hopefully you have the sort of, you know, family relationship where you can be honest with your friends and family, please do that. Just say, hey, this year's been really hard on me emotionally and financially, and I just can't do gifts this year, but here are the other ways I can show you I care, right? Maybe that's making dinner on the holidays. Maybe that's, you know, cooking Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or Christmas dinner, right? Maybe that's, um, you know, babysitting a bunch of the kids in the house if you have, you know, if you're getting together with family, which hopefully with everything COVID, you're not. Um, But thinking through, like, what are alternative ways that you can show up without having to spend money on people? Um, And then the third thing, I actually have a free course linked in my bio all about emotional spending and all about the questions to ask yourself before you make a purchase. Um, Mm. Because especially with Black Friday sales, I know for me, I'm not only shopping for other people, I'm also shopping for myself. So um, that's linked in my bio, but basically just being more mindful of what you're doing. So when you're about to spend money on something, whether that's before Black Friday or in March or any other time, just thinking through, why am I spending money on this? Like, is it something that's going to actually bring me or somebody else joy? Or am I doing this because I'm in an emotional state right now where I need to feel better, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important to take a step back before you buy something and just check in. Where, Where are your emotions at? How are you feeling? And, you know, are you spending this money to cope? And if if you are, is it actually going to help you cope? Mm. So a big part of resiliency is this like concept of bouncing back. And a lot of people, when they look at the definition of resilience, it's like how quickly you can bounce back from hardship. And when it comes to financial hardship, I think yeah. that something that holds women identifying folks back a lot is just we're so afraid to fail with money. Yeah. We're so afraid of, you know, losing wealth. We're so afraid of, did I make the wrong spending decision? So when we look at that fear of, you know, what if it all goes away one day? Yeah. Um, how do you, what, what advice do you have for folks or how does that land for you of like, you can truly lean on other parts of yourself to know that you can come through that difficult thing. Like, let's turn that fear around and just like shine some light on it together for folks who might be feeling this fear themselves of why they feel so scarce when it comes to their money. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because actually fear is the number one reason women don't invest. Mm. It's just fear of doing it incorrectly, fear of doing it wrong, fear of, yeah, just, just screwing it up. And the first thing, and this is why I'm so passionate about it, is to get financially educated. 
find people who, you know, maybe that's me, maybe that's somebody else who are going to be able to give you actionable tips around money that make you feel good about your life, <laughs> right? That make you feel inspired and make you feel like you can make a positive change. Um, the second thing is that this, this narrative of fear and of talking about money is taboo and all of these, these narratives that get promoted, they're promoted by the patriarchy. So the patriarchy, these old straight white men who are already rich are telling you that you're not good with money because guess what? It keeps them in power, right? So the more we don't talk about money, the more we don't radically, you know, talk about pay and investing and saving and debt and all of these things, right? The more our shame lives in the shadows and the more the patriarchy benefits. They benefit from your silence. They benefit from you not being financially educated and from not having conversations about money. That is a direct correlation. And so I think it's really important to not only see your personal finance decisions as something that's going to affect your life, but it actually can have a larger impact on the world around you. Your financial education, I said this at the beginning, your financial education is your best form of protest because it means you can donate to causes you believe in. You can support, you know, causes and businesses because you have enough money to do so. You can start your own business. You can leave that toxic job that's, that's misogynistic and terrible to work at. You have so many more options for not only your own life, but everybody else's around you when we get financially educated and when we start having these radical money conversations. And just like anything fearful, it just takes a little bit of getting uncomfortable being, or getting comfortable being uncomfortable, excuse me. So being okay with a little bit of discomfort, especially when you're looking at your money, if you're looking at your bank statements or your credit card statements and you've been like an ostrich, we call it the ostrich effect in the personal finance community of like burying your head in the sand and act like your problems don't <laughs> exist, right? And we see this in like sitcoms, right? Of like Nick from New Girl has like a box of bills that he hasn't paid, right? And this is very common, but the more we do that, right? Not only the worse off you're gonna be eventually, but just it, it doesn't help anything, right? It doesn't, it continues that fear. So I think it's important to get comfortable being uncomfortable, start looking at your statements, start making a goal, start making a plan, and also get comfortable having conversations about money because it is your best form of fighting this, this patriarchal bullshit society mm -hmm. we're in. Mm -hmm. And something that the resilience research teaches us is there's seven C's of resilience and two of them are competence and confidence. And mm. our confidence only increases as our competency increases. And so the more competent we become, so the, the reason you don't feel confident in something is because you, you lack the competence in it. You lack the experience. You lack just the ability right. to feel comfortable talking about it. So the more you just kind of like play and you're like, I'm going to talk about this part of money with the family today or with so-and-so. I'm just going to see how it feels. Yeah. And then the more consistently you do that, the more you find your educators, the greater your confidence will build. It's not like yeah. it's going to happen overnight. This isn't necessarily a fake it till you make it, but it is a play and test and see until you feel embodied in it. Yeah. And an experience that I had with this is I'm working on paying off a good chunk of debt right now. And um, it's linked to some uh, family uh, business stuff that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And last time I went home, I had a big, you know, business meeting with my brother and my dad, and we figured out like the payment strategy and things like that. But I was in the helm of the meeting. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, I had the financials up, I had the spreadsheets, I had, you know, everything calculating all the interest payments, different things, timelines, various timelines. Two years ago, I, I would have been crying in that meeting being like, I don't know yeah. how what I like, 
my emotions are too in the way of me actually just understanding that this is about strategy and this is about action and this is about consistency. Um, So to folks watching, just give yourself the time and space to build that muscle in your life. And I would say too, we we often, we like, I, I make this joke all the time, but we don't pop out of the womb feeling like, oh, I should just be expected to know Italian fluently or be able to be a piano virtuoso. It's the same thing with money. You don't, you don't pop out and you're not born suddenly with every, you know, piece of knowledge of what, you know, a Roth IRA is and what, you know, a student loan actually is. Like, we have no concept of that. So it's just like anything else is that you have to learn it. And society tells you, you just should be magically good with it. And it's like any other skill, it's like any other learning is that it's going to take a little bit of time. And I know the first time I learn anything new, I'm really bad at it. And all of us are right. Like it's, it's not great. I'm learning chess right now. Um, I'm learning how to play chess and I'm not good. (laughs) (laughs) I know how all the pieces work, but after about four moves, I have no plan anymore. And I'm just like, I don't know. Game over. And I'm figuring it out. I got literally in my backpack a chess for dummies book and I'm figuring it out. But mm-hmm. it's going to be uncomfortable because that's what learning, it's being vulnerable, right? You're learning a new skill. You're putting yourself out there. You're saying, oh God, I'm not good at this, but hopefully someday I will be because I'm going to work at it. It's the same thing with money. And I, the reason I want to share this story that I'm about to share is because I need folks to know like, I'm in the thick of launching this next program in my business. We've turned, like pivoted into e-learning um, with the business. It's going really well. Um, but like, we all have our financial shit. <laughs> and I made my first investment in a company that went public and it did really well. But I made the rookie mistake of you just didn't know what to do when the returns came in. Mm-hmm. And so you don't set the tax money aside. You have issues mm-hmm. that come up along the way. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, shit. I effed up. Like, I really didn't know what I was doing yet. Like, worst case scenario happened for me, but there was another side to the worst case scenario. And I can learn from what I didn't know then. And so if you're afraid or if you feel like you're in that rock bottom, like, worry not, young Padawan, as, you know, (laughs) you can and and will work through this. (laughs) You can and will work through this. So for you, Tori, I would love to know in your life, Because you're saying, you know, when you have build your financial literacy, when you work this muscle, when you build it up, it can change your life. How has it changed your life? Uh, I mean, (laughs) that'll take that'll take hours to unpack. I get now it's gonna make me cry, but I get probably I used to say a message a day, but now it's almost a message an hour, which is pretty amazing. Of women who are like, this this has changed everything of I've gotten out of debt, or I negotiated $10,000 more in my salary, or I started investing and I made my first dollar when I was asleep, you know, and that is the coolest. That's what I was put on this earth to do. So in terms of my own personal finances, yeah, I mean, it's changed everything. I have so much privilege and I'm the first to acknowledge, like, you know, I'm white, I'm cisgendered, I'm able-bodied, I was born in the United States. There's so much here. I also grew up with parents who you know, really struggled financially. Like, and that's not something I I talk about a lot for my own parents' privacy. They're very private people, but they struggled a ton. They were really, you know, they were really in that financial scarcity mode with their parents, my grandparents. And so um, 
when I think about the opportunities that they gave me, this is going to make me cry, but when they think, I think about the opportunities that they gave me in order to, you know, do something that I really love and little did I know the impact it would have. That, that's just the coolest. I have, I have, you know, taken these opportunities that my parents gave me and hopefully set myself up really well where not only do I have this business that is very lucrative and multi-six figure and global, but also changes women's lives every day. And not only that, but my own personal finances changes. My own personal finances have changed, but everybody else's that's in this her first hundred K community, their their finances have changed too. So um, no, it's the coolest. And I've just realized the impact that not only your your education around money has of course on your day-to-day finances but your confidence in general and everybody says this like it's so cheesy but like as soon as you figure out this part of your life that's really difficult you realize you can do anything like yes you realize anything that is hard you can do it it's gonna suck it's gonna be hard but you can do it and I, I feel so confident in myself. I feel so confident in my own abilities because I provide for myself. I am able to build a, this community of, of other women who are providing for themselves too. Um, this, again, I could talk about this for hours, so I won't go on a, on a huge thing, but it's, it's radically transformed my life. It's um, radically impacted the way I see the world and, and what I want to do with my life. And, um, yeah, it's just been the coolest. It's been the coolest experience. That's so beautiful. And <laughs> just to bring in a little bit of the research around resilience again, of yeah, some, there's a concept called self-efficacy, and it's our belief in ourselves that we can do hard things in a specific area. And one way that we build that is through mastery experiences. So oh, when you've master, mastered one part of your life, whether it's your finances or a hard area of your life that you're struggling with, you can borrow that strength and confidence and apply it to other parts of your life as you explained so like this is actually what you like how our brain works so borrow your confidence borrow your resilience in one part of your life and apply it to that area that you're struggling with and it might be your money and it might be this space and so thanks for that so much Tori and one more thing I want to say here too is I was watching a live of somebody's and I can't remember their name right now but they were saying around for folks in business like your business isn't what's going to make you um, rich or wealthy. It's actually what you do with your profit from your business and Mm -hmm. how you invest that beyond. So as we wrap up our conversation, a lot of the folks in my community in yours, I'm sure, are running their own businesses. Can you talk a little bit about building the mindset of wealth building versus revenue making? Yeah, I love that. I think... Oh, that's such a great question. I'm going to write that one down. I, that's yes. a question actually to think about in my own founders retreat of like, where am I at? Love. I think there's a really big difference, right, between rich and wealthy. Those two words are very different, right? And the numbers on the page, and I'll be 100% honest, part of my founders retreat this year, I have been so growth focused and I'm, I'm a numbers person in that way. I'm like, oh, I want to hit this revenue number. I want to hit this many Instagram followers. I want to do this. And honestly, in the past, like even two weeks, it's been a realization for me that like, I want my growth to deepen rather than widen, if that makes sense. Ooh, it does. And so I think it's also the realization, like I said, between rich and wealthy. Rich to me is money, right? You got a lot of money maybe even Jeff Bezos money, right? You're swimming in swimming pools of money. 
<laughs> wealthy is you have enough money to be okay, right? You have enough money to, to take care of yourself, take care of everything that's going on, but you also have time, mm. right? And you have options and you have flexibility, right? And I don't want to be rich because I think rich is just, that's, that's, it feels icky to me anyway. Like, I don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. Like, I want to have a lot of money, but I also want to do a lot of good with that money. And yeah. I want to make sure that, you know, I have really time and I love somebody just commented access to choice. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say here is mm -hmm. like, I want people to be, yeah, filthy rich in terms of their time in terms of their options in terms of their choice. And so that's something for me and my business too, that I'm thinking through as well as right now for me, it is, okay, how do we, how do we change what success looks like? Mm. Um, because I've done really well this year. Like my business in its first year has done really well and I'm really proud of it. I'm also pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm pretty tired. I'm also, I, I am realizing just the importance of, yeah, of deepening rather than widening. So mm -hmm. thinking through, yeah, how can you be more intentional in terms of who your customers are, how you engage with them, how you protect your own energy and that is wealth, the ability for me to be able to step back and know that my business is still going to run. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm working from, from Hawaii in January for three weeks. That's that for me as well. So um, I don't know if this really answers your question. Now I'm on a whole existential. No, I oh, love yeah, it though, because you're in your founder space. Like you're in that headspace <laughs> of creating and developing and we're going a little over time. I hope that's okay with you that's if totally we fine. do a few minutes. Yeah. Um, but where this came from was, I was this live, it just like literally was a light bulb for me because the individual was saying like, for a lot of us who are digital creators, like our businesses are us, like we are, totally. you know, but when we're 60, are we going to be wanting to do Instagram lives with each other to promote our businesses? No, <laughs> maybe not. Love you, but so, no. <laughs> exactly. So it's like when we think of building our businesses and folks say, you know, reinvest everything back into it, it's actually, let's take a bit off the top and make sure that you are building that savings muscle yeah. for yourself, for your salary, for what you're working on, and that compounding over time. Create that own 401k for yourself. And I think when we're in a pandemic, the reason I want to reiterate this is because that you you, we just need to build our financial futures now yep. rather than later. Um, so that was where that was coming from because I'm still unpacking it, as you can tell. I'm, yeah. I'm working through it. So well, that. Put on, it's the airplane rule too, right? Of like, yes. You have to put on your own mask before you can put on anybody else's, right? If you mm -hmm. have to take care of yourself before you can support anybody else. And that's both emotionally, energetically, and financially. Like I need you to make sure that you're taken care of even before your business is taken care of. Yeah. In a lot of ways, right? Because you cannot run your business if you're burned out, if you don't have any money, if you are just over it, right? That's mm -hmm. not going to be possible. And so, yeah, I love, I love that, that focus on, yeah, making sure that you're okay and you're taken care of and that you're building your own, your own foundation and your own safety nets uh, in addition to your businesses. So last question for you. When you think of like, we've talked a little bit about it and it might be reiteration, but I think it's powerful for us to end here is when you think of that why for yourself or when you do think of yourself at that like 60, 70 years old and you're looking back on, on this very influential, powerful, impactful legacy of yours, what is it that you want to have changed for the folks you work with or, or in a bigger way for how we view women and money in society? 
Yeah. I mean, it'll be a lot of what I've said before, but really I want to, I want to have every single woman feel financially confident. I want them to know their worth and truly believe it and advocate for it. And I want a society and a system that won't punish them for doing it. Mm. Um, again, it's gonna make me cry. Uh, but I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I want, I want women to be so radically good at money that everything starts to change because I truly believe that if more money is in more women's hands, everything shifts, everything alters. And that's really, that's really what I want. Um, I, I want, I want more money in more women's hands and I want a society that won't punish them for it. Ooh. Thank you so much for your time, Tori, for this your so fun. work for your impact. And I hope that this was also just another bridge in your founders retreat to just get some of that goodness out. <laughs> Honestly, this is really good. And I've had, uh, it's, yeah, it's just a constant and it's so funny. We'll have to talk offline about this, but it is so funny showing up as yourself online because mm -hmm. you reap all of the benefits of, you know, people getting, you know, Oh, my, you, you've changed my life. This, this has been so impactful. And you get all of the negative effects of, hate online and bad feedback and all of these things too. And so, yeah, I, I really love that. And I would encourage anybody who's thinking through, you know, who owns a business, who's thinking through that. I love that question of like, are we still 60 years old and we doing Instagram lives of like, <laughs> how do you build a business where of course you're involved and it is your baby, but also you have some sort of separation from it. So that's mm -hmm. a takeaway that I'm, I'm going to be thinking about a lot too. I love it. Thank you so much, Tori. Thank you Thank for you. your heart, for your work, oh. and <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> My ring light's like, all right, we're done. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your retreat away Thank with you. yourself. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Have a good one. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was so good. Okay. My juiciest takeaways is just this idea of we're building our confidence uh, slowly through competence building activities. So it's step by step. If you're feeling overwhelmed with an area of your life, it is, if it is your money, like take those little steps. And again, when I talk about self-efficacy, it is that concept of I can do hard things in this area of my life. We're trying to build up your self-efficacy in these various areas of your life so you can feel confident, so you can be more resilient. Um, and that happens through mastery experiences. So the things that you've done in your life that you're excellent at, and then um, using that strength in that one part of your life and applying it elsewhere, it happens through vicarious experience. So if you're feeling inspired right now, it's because you've heard our stories of overcoming, of you know, really mastering and learning more about our wealth and wealth building. And that inspiration is actually cognitively coming from storytelling and also um, through teaching and being educated. So Tori has free programs, as you saw. So if you are looking for someone to educate you around your wealth, how you manage your money, how to build your confidence around money. Tori is an incredible person to do this with, and you, I'm sure you will find many other wealth experts online to do it with as well. So before we wrap up, I wanna share that I am doing my Your Best Year, Year Planning Retreat on December 5th and 6th. Registration drops for that uh, at noon on Friday. I want us to go into 2020, 2021, just feeling so ready for what's ahead knowing that we have a plan in place when it comes to work, wellness, and impact in our lives, and that we know that we can be flexible and resilient next year when the world has things in store for us that we couldn't plan for. So if you're interested, head over to komal.com, 
slash VIP dash list to join our list. Um, and if you do join the list, you'll get early access to registration tomorrow. Thank you everybody for joining this episode of Lessons in Resilience. Thank you, Tori, for your time. And I can't wait to see you on our next episode tomorrow with Megan Yuri Young. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Gomal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.